0: Mike 1, 2, welcome to the plug. You made it. This is a special episode. We go to Brighton, Michigan to visit our good friend and comedian, Zach Martina. And without further ado, we have no sponsor messages for this week, so let's get you in touch with the world's greatest stepfather... He's a well-fed Jesus, Zach Martina. Thanks for tuning in to The Plug. This is Scott, the producer, and Regina Simonson.
1: What up?
0: And we are at a new spot this, for this episode. We're in Brighton, Michigan. That's right. A little north of Detroit, uh, a little east of Ann Arbor, a little south of Canada. Uh, but either way, we are sitting down with the great Zach Martina. This is special because he was one of the first comics, matter of fact, one of the first individuals of talent, that we were interviewing on the Dream Life Tour. Part one. What? what? So if you've (laughs) been following our story for a while, you know that we took off in 2014 um, and called it the Dream Life Tour. We sold everything we owned uh, and hit the road, went out to the East Coast, then back around, did some fun stuff. And while we were with family in Detroit, we went to see comedy And Zach Martino was one of the funniest comics that had performed that night. We had to sit down and interview him. Um, I think we're going to actually queue up some of that material um, in post. So get excited.
1: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Plug. This episode is brought to you by CSM Partners. CSM Partners is a one-stop shop for all your media needs.
0: When you need media production services rendered, look nowhere else than CSM Partners. Right. So we are here with Zach Martina. Zach, thanks for
2: joining us. Thank today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming to uh, my small little town. It's brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> Brighton,
0: Brighton, Michigan. That's We're it. Happy
2: to be here. That's good stuff. Yeah.
0: So how long have you been in Brighton?
2: We just moved here, I'd say about two years ago.
0: Two nice. years ago? Yeah, you know,
2: my wife is a realtor. She's been uh, crushing it. We were actually on our way out to Grand Rapids. We'd been on this house hunt. Couldn't find anything. She's like, hey, I just found this one. Do you want to go see it? And we walked in, and it was a disaster. Like, it was just there were. Cat pee stains all over all the carpet. I mean, it reeked to the point where it's like, oh, this is awful. But it was one of those things where we were in there, and we both kind of just – it's cliche, but we just both knew. It was like, oh, this Mm – we're going to have to put in the work, but this is it. Mm -hmm. And we ended up, like, tearing out all the carpet and got a dumpster, and the entire neighborhood reeked, like, cat pee and everything. So it's been a journey, but uh, it's home now. So that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: That's a a huge overhaul.
2: She's into that stuff. Yeah. I'm not, like – I will lift things just because I'm physically bigger than her. But I mean, when it comes to building or fixing or putting things together, like that is she's she's into that. She's great. I don't know. I don't know what I'd do without her. Yeah, that's I great. would be living in my apartment in Milford still, probably. So,
0: and I think it's powerful to have someone to to always have your back. Oh like yeah. that Regina has been um, uh, has had my back long time because then working in the media game does not always pay out in the beginning no it does it's not especially in when you're just holding shitty equipment and just and trying to validate yourself at the same time yeah but
2: well, you're somewhere now because there's this is in no way shitty equipment this is <laughs> <laughs> this is legit
1: well thank you very much um yeah so Yeah, Regina One reason why we were very excited to have you on Is because you are one of the few people That has held Scott's attention for years Oh yeah Uh, Even even when we interviewed you four years ago He was like, this guy has something special He's gonna make it big I don't even care if he makes it big He's just funny And um, now Scott is so deeply embedded In comedy scenes all across the country Especially Chicago's comedy scene Yeah, I was gonna
2: say you guys are doing great With the comedy Chicago stuff Mm -hmm. And everything like that it's, it's terrific yeah. wow thank you yeah, yeah. It, it, it's
0: a good group there shout out to James Allen Camp uh, for Comedy of Chicago he's the founder oh started yeah started about seven years ago and um, running a consistent weekly show every Tuesday at the House of Blues
2: yeah so you guys start posting that that looks like a really cool show what a mm-hmm. sweet venue it's a blast yeah. if you're ever
0: in town uh, let us know for sure uh, because that's that's a fun room and we've had a lot of big hitters play that room yeah. and it's it's unique. It's for sure annoying. fun to try new content, but it's also just it's historical and pretty itself. sure the
1: walls are velvet or yeah. something. <laughs> so it's an interesting feel in there. It's an interesting vibe. The crowd is there to have a good time, obviously, because it's very small. It's very intimate, and nobody wants to just sit there straight faced and you know wait for something That's funny. The worst
2: though at a comedy show, well, there's bunch, so many comedy shows. It seems like uh, the front row just doesn't want to laugh Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. why are you why are you here right this isn't your television (laughs) there's no glare off the screen just enjoy yourself or people don't like they're like i don't want to sit in the front row because people are going to come at me like comics are going to be mean to me well only if you're being a jackass just enjoy yourself you paid to be there for the most part Sorry, I'm getting all worked up. Don't (laughs) come to a comedy
1: show if you can't take a joke. (laughs) The other day we were out at a restaurant and my conversation was uh, edgy. And this lady, Scott and I were out, and this lady just kept looking over from the other table like, I was like, what? Don't come to a comedy show if you can't take a joke. But it was a restaurant. I can't handle the judgmental
2: people like at restaurants. I've got two Mm -hmm. little girls now and they look at us. And I never used to be confrontational, but Mm -hmm. now now I'm like,
0: what? <laughs> I, I don't want to say
2: mama bear of it, but yeah. I'm like, what is your deal? What do you want? Because you're trying to teach the kids to stand up for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But sometimes it's too aggressive. And I'm like, hey, you probably shouldn't do that. Don't so that
1: what have you learned from teaching children?
2: Well, I got to say, they teach me more than I teach children, <laughs> So, um, uh, No, I mean, they're, they're just a lot of fun. They're just, you know, they're not, they are kids, but my wife and I, this sounds so like preachy and stupid, but we, um, we try not to teach. We treat them as kids. Obviously, they need to learn everything, but understanding that they're little people, like that they have the same parts that we have as far as, you know, the brain, it just may not be as developed or anything. So now that baby talk and like they're seven and five now, they know the difference between right and wrong. It's not, there's this whole thing I'm trying to work on right now, or at what point do you hold a kid accountable? They're not just cute anymore. You know, they know the difference between please and thank you and yes and no, so don't hide behind your little missing teeth and your blonde hair. If <laughs> you're an asshole, you're an asshole and I'm going to I don't care if you're 6 or 29, you know, yeah. like that's my thing. And I just don't want my kids to be assholes. I just want them mm-hmm. to have manners. So
1: That's great. We were at Whole Foods and this mother was asking a child, maybe 2 oh, or 3 man. years old at the hot bar, "What do you want to eat? What do you want to eat?" And we were like, "Do you want this?" "No." "Do you want this?" "No." You say you're having green beans, you're having broccoli, yeah. and you're gonna be happy about it. You Absolutely,
2: know? that's what's for dinner. <laughs> yeah. You want to go make something fine, but yeah. you can't. <laughs> you don't know what <laughs> gas is. You don't know how the flame. I mean, you need us to survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. no, I love it though. They're my they're my favorite people, and a lot of my material lately has just been revolving around them, and it's uh, it's been going pretty well. I'm having a good time with it.
1: So. That's such a great sector of comedy. We listen to Pandora comedy, mm-hmm. so it just gives us set after oh, yeah. set after set. You know, six-minute clips. Um, and we hear a lot, and there's so much uh, lack of variety in yeah. the topics. <laughs> and I feel like one um, sector that you can focus on is children and raising children. Yeah. And that gives you this entire breadth of material inside of that.
2: Well, I think for like me, that is exactly right in that just being a parent – I mean, I'm a comic, but I'm also, like, I'm a parent and a husband, and that is my life. Whereas, like, some other comics focus on political things, and that's what they dive into. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, there's the whole dating app game. That's somebody's life. You know, whatever life you live, make it worth commenting on. And I guess Mm -hmm. when you have kids, they make it easier to comment on, Mm -hmm. you know? I feel like I'm, like, being interrogated by good cop, bad cop, or bad cop, good cop. cop. Like I'm just looking back <laughs> you're, and you're forth. You're not sure yeah, like who is who? Yeah. You yeah know who that's exactly is. very on edge. <laughs> Perfect.
1: We've
2: established the environment we are going to Yep.
1: That's exactly what exactly. You all
2: like, you just signed this paper. I'm like, what am I signing? It's a confession. You yeah. guys are just undercover police <laughs> looking.
1: Oh, no. Here, how about this? Um. I once took LSD when I was working at an accounting firm. I once uh, lost eight pounds of wholesale cannabis when I was working at a dispensary. Eight pounds? What? Yes, and I once lost my dog. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, what other confessions can I make? Um,
2: do you imagine losing eight pounds of weed, but like you had just smoked weed? Could you imagine that level of paranoia? Oh,
1: I wonder what that would be like. Oh.
2: <laughs> 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 no, but really
1: my, if I were ever to venture into comedy, which I don't know, but my, my line, my tagline on this in the hood is how to get a nigga shot, <laughs> but, um, I can't say that, but I don't know. But it's well, you true. Just said it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it in history. anyway, but I just feel I was in a protected setting, um, a legal dispensary run by two J Crew motherfuckers, for lack of a better term. Um, <laughs> Where was the dispensary? Tucson, Arizona. Tucson. Yes, okay. and um, I, I lost it because I was manager on duty, and um, it was delivered along with the shipment of brownies and. A ton of other stuff.
2: How long ago was this?
1: I within the year.
2: Oh, you guys move around.
1: Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, we oh, do. Oh, did
0: you know we lived in Arizona? For
2: I didn't years. know you lived in yeah. Arizona for yeah, two years. Lived, I thought yeah. you guys were and in, in between, Chicago for a minute. I know you were oh, from yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah,
1: yeah, all that is true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in between living in Arizona, we also lived in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we did a back and forth. Yeah, a little hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah, just an easy commute. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> just a couple thousand miles. Yeah. yeah Yeah Mm, Sorry mom Anyway (laughs) When the Grand Canyon's Um, on your commute to work So basically (laughs) um, All the brownies got labeled Everything got put into the inventory system And then the boxes that the brownies were in Got stacked on top of the box That the shipment of bulk marijuana was in Mm -hmm. Which was the largest part of this delivery Right You know And um, at the end of the day The recycling got taken out And Let's just it was it, it
2: just it was just gone. It was, it was just gone. thrown away. No, just not thrown like away. stolen. Not like no, 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 no. some cool I know, heist.
1: I know it was thrown it's away like in the thrown. garbage. And get this: um, so homeless people hang out near this this area because it's by an interstate. And so homeless people found it in the garbage. <laughs> they found eight pounds of wholesale canvas in the garbage. Seriously?
2: And yeah. That's how. Got, Seriously,
1: that was. Yeah. That's what. happened? That's the conclusion.
2: They weren't homeless really? anymore after that I They know. were entrepreneurial And uh, I don't know how, uh, how They're I still homeless yeah. It's <laughs> Tucson You
1: can't You can't <laughs> Anyway um, We learned so much about Arizona And the work ethic And how it's very different um, Down there than it is here It's mm-hmm. like There you just do enough work So you can have water And shelter from the sun Yeah And then like Once you do that It's like all right, Well, I'm not really trying to, go to get drunk. do anything else. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, you can kind of wander around out in Arizona. You know, it's just it's so much nicer. Whereas, you know, if there's a winter,
1: it's nicer, but that sun will oh, yeah. kill you. It it will suck the life. From you, if you've seen people who've lived in Arizona for a long time, those leathery old women, like they're Fritz, just like
0: you are going hard.
1: I figure we're gonna cut a lot of this because there's no way I'm putting that thing about Botanica in. Why? That's a uh,
0: good. I didn't. That's news to me. I didn't. First off, how did they find out homes like that? People found it in the dumpster. Was that reviewing the tapes? Yes. Seriously. Yeah. Also this
1: is like privileged information. Yeah, I, we cannot put okay. this out. And plus that takes away my credibility from working in the cannabis industry ever. I could never Okay, work in the cannabis well industry. then cut it right Also, here, another man. thing that happened why I'm discredited from the state of Illinois working in the cannabis industry. Ugh. So after Tucson, then I worked in Chicago <laughs> at a dispensary um in Chicago, Illinois terrible medical well, marijuana in program. It's
0: still it's pilot program. So the it's still... Illinois medical
1: marijuana program a pilot program
0: it's run by three people what no managed by uh, three to six oh, people across the, people, the entire state there's two there's people two. working
1: in the state of illinois to process oh. um licensing for patients and dispensaries so
0: so all the business and healthcare uh applications that are being processed are being processed by two, two people. people have you ever been overburdened by your own bills for paperwork yeah <laughs> well now think of the, all the paperwork regarded one state's program for medical marijuana. Yeah.
1: So the process to get your medical card is brutally slow. Yeah. It's it's and it's very involved. You need to get your fingerprints done. You need to um, have uh, doctors, you know, prescription or whatever. And it's way more involved than other states like Arizona, for instance. Their medical program. They have licensing clinics all over town you walk in you're like oh my back you know they're like oh chronic pain um and they'll establish that qualifying condition for you yeah that's your paperwork for you and then a week to 10 days later you get your card in the mail whereas in illinois it can take six months to a year and you need you need insurance you need a proof of a condition for the past year and a half you need your federally um Assessed fingerprints you need so much stuff anyway, so this dispensary was seen maybe 10 patients a day It was run with a staff of nine or ten like we're talking receptionists, three bud tenders manager um, assistant manager um, inventory people just like fully staffed for ten patients to come in a day and um, Only three of the patients or the employees had their medical cards and the rest of the uh, can,
0: can you give us a contrast to what it was like to for Arizona?
1: In Arizona, there was, like, uh, two to three bud tenders and then me at the front, like, running around doing so everything else. four people. Four, so four people, people
0: for 200, 200 patients a day. a day. Yeah. And here, it's eight people or for five to eight people for 10 people 10, a day.
1: 10 patients a day. So...
0: Overfunded. Personal attention. Yeah. T- yeah <laughs> absolutely. It was un- insane.
1: Yeah. Um, anyway, so... The rest of the employees didn't have their medical card But obviously if you're working in the cannabis industry You're a cannabis user right. Usually yeah. Um, obviously there's like the occasional people that aren't But um, The non-patient employees Would purchase their marijuana From the patient employees And then there was this thing called The Bud Tender's Boat Cruise um, where, um, Sponsored by Cresco um, <laughs> And uh, There was this one kid who terrible Um, and I mentioned a few things Um, I'm good thank you mentioned a few things about how the the dispensary was being run and all that and just mentioned that I had tried this strain that was recently um, you know put on the floor so then the next week an anonymous email gets sent to corporate <laughs> from jane doe 603 at gmail.com and uh
0: <laughs> please email jane, jane doe, doe at 603,
1: 603
0: at, at, yeah. <laughs> yeah overburden them with ten thousand right emails. absolutely
1: um anyway so and they put everybody on blast um me especially um just like this is blah 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 and so then corporate comes in. I feel uh, like it was there. Yeah. <laughs> blah, blah, blah,
0: blah, blah, <laughs> blah, blah, blah <laughs> Damn, they hit hard. Comes <laughs> in. They cut those
1: hard cuts. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> damn,
0: they were digging into you personally. <laughs> blah, blah, blah.
1: Oh, shit. How'd they know uh, that about you?
0: I'm with you. Anyway,
1: um, they mentioned word for word what I said. So I know who it was, Felix, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Felix is such a fun name too For this particular story Like that's the name You would definitely use Yeah see in the script. you are a snitch For sure Absolutely
1: So then you know The corporate comes in They're you know Interviewing everybody Pitting our stories Against one another um, And they decide That everything was inconclusive So they didn't fire anybody But they had to self-report To the state So um, being um, compliance driven uh, That industry is And um, they self-reported to the state about the issues that went on, and then the state had to do their own investigation. So before this happened, I was like, you know what, y'all? I'm out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, um, I'm not going to just do this and be like, I don't know anything. Really. No, I never buy Cannabis. From this store, anyway. Going
0: in
2: the episode. No, this is
1: not. No, it's not. Then I'm, drop <laughs> the topic. No, because we just need to establish that we're not undercover police officers. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> and it comes <laughs> this full is, circle. This is an
1: establishing story. We're making Fair the enough. guests feel comfortable. It's <laughs> not an interrogation. This is a confessional, <laughs> sponsored by Dove Pro Age. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah. So long story short, I quit, and then they went. The state went through their investigation, and then two of my dear friends got fired. Um, thanks, Felix. But Felix. Um, yeah, so uh, I don't know if the cannabis industry is <laughs> where my uh, passion. No, it's dope. It's where it's, you were
0: at. It's what made sense in Arizona. I like that you just yeah. said
2: the uh, cannabis industry is dope. I think yeah. that's funny.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it is. I mean, they're, it's, it's awesome. Great, great business. Yeah. Michigan's looking good for it. Yeah. Yeah,
2: it's uh California. been a good, a good thing. Place. I mean, what they want recreational. Yeah. Mm-hmm. California and then Michigan's pretty much strictly, I mean, it is strictly medical, but mm-hmm. uh you know, they uh the program has its shit together. You know, it's not it's not Illinois. It was yeah. I mean, when I got my card it was not difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't a big headache or anything. The way you're talking about it in Illinois, it seems like it had to be uh like, the most motivated person to get the card. It's like Absolutely. They're, it's the wrong demographic. Yeah. Completely. No.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, the person we had on for episode two of this podcast was Jeff Arcuri. I know Jeff. You do know Jeff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how do you know Jeff? And Jeff
2: was uh, a comic in Michigan when I started. He was a pretty well-established comic when I started in Michigan. And, um, yeah, just kind of one of those guys that you're like oh that's that guy knows how to do it and you kind of just watch him when he's on stage and other guys like jeff sheen and uh trevor smith and ricardo flanagan harry morose matt mccloury they're like a bunch of great comics in michigan at the time uh that you would just watch and jeff was definitely one of them i think jeff was he was pretty young too when i started he was like 20 maybe 23 25 i don't know but he's in new york now he's crushing it Jeff's great mm-hmm. i just saw him no i did talk to him I was in new york last week so Brilliant. He's settling in over there. Brilliant! Yeah,
0: that's a, that's fantastic. What's it like to to see comics go to stay? Um, a big thing in Chicago is there's a discussion: Do we stay in Chicago and try and make it happen here? Do we go out to the East Coast or do we go out to the West yeah. Coast? What is it like for you? In, in, in well, history? for me, I mean,
2: it's I'm. I love where I'm at right now, just because it's the perfect place to raise my kids. Uh, my wife's got a thriving business, and I mean, since I started, I've been a road guy. I've, not, I mean, when you're in LA or New York, you can definitely hit the road, but you have to lay down roots in those big cities in order to, you know, get any kind of reputation and um so that's all well and good um i like to go out there and spend some time extended time you know a week 10 days at a time whatever but uh for me personally i'm gonna be in michigan for a while which i'm completely fine with born and raised and i I love it here and i have no issue hopping in the car and driving wherever i've got to go but seeing guys like jeff and everybody ricarlo was just on shameless for four episodes this uh this season he was on the Mick. like see them go out and do these things and remember looking up to them when we were doing the open mic it's insane it's so cool to be able to just text your buddy and be like that was awesome Mm -hmm. you know it's it's a cool thing and it it's a way for the guys you started with who have left to push you while you're still here Mm -hmm. you know that's cool so i love it
0: yeah that's great that's great yeah because you guys
2: probably interviewed jeff while he was in chicago yep yeah he was uh he was doing pretty well in chicago
0: yeah very active yeah extremely active that's him um yeah
2: that's him too active you think what slow do you down mean? Jeff <laughs>
1: <laughs> we still quote him all the time for a number of things but in particular he has this one story about this guy every time he says LA he goes, oh, LA LA and I can't I can't not know
2: Jeff is very animated he's very silly disarming on stage Jeff's uh he's great I'm happy he was here when I started yeah had
0: some very original bits, mm-hmm. some very original material that I hadn't. I, I feel like when, when you are saturated in the comedy, mm-hmm. in comedy, um, you hear the, all right, date online dating jokes, the Uber jokes. Right. You hear all the things that that come up, um, but it seemed like. Similar to you, there's original material sure. out there that, that stands out as this yeah, authentic I mean, glowing light in the showcase. It's just
2: point of view. Yeah. You know, it's uh, I think that's all it really comes down to. Context and just, uh, you know, if a punchline is watered down and hack, mm-hmm. and, you know, don't take the first thing that comes to mind. Don't take the easy way out, you know. I don't know anything. I'm just doing it the best I can.
0: And so one thing that... Go
1: ahead. Some comics that have stuck out to me. Can I say their names and sure. can you tell me what you think about them?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome. Amy Schumer.
2: She's blown up. Rory's actually going to be in the uh, the male lead in her next movie. So Stop he, it. Um, he says she's super kind. I've never, ever met her. But, uh, I mean, there's no denying her success or her talent or anything like that. I mean, she's legit one of the... Biggest comics in the world right now
1: Yeah, we've been watching her show a lot Amy, Mm -hmm. if you're watching this We think you're funny (laughs) (laughs) Anyway (laughs) No, that's really cool I'm happy I brought her up then Um, Female comics in general Are there anything that Is there anything that they have to deal with That you don't think men have to in the industry? Yeah Like what?
2: Sexual harassment?
1: (laughs) Yeah, You don't ever face it?
2: No One time a club owner called me tons of fun But they were pretty drunk (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, no, I don't face it, but I'm also very vocal about, like, being married and having kids. So they're like, mm. oh, this is – you know, that's just off the li- – off table, mm. I guess. But um, I've got a lot of female friends who – it's it's crazy. I I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine dealing with it, mm. nor would I want to. It's, it's awful. And then they also – like, there's this stigma that – a woman is just not as funny as a man, but there are, I mean, if you go out and you listen to female comics, like there's a comic in Michigan, her name's uh, Sam Rager. She's one of the best writers that I've ever seen, and uh, she's still got to battle that hill and, like, prove herself over and over again, but she's easily one of the funniest people in Michigan. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. But yeah, it's definitely different for women than for men, and I would say a steeper climb.
1: Next next comedian, Ari Shafir.
2: I don't, I don't I've only seen one of Ari's specials, um, and I liked it a lot. I love Ari as a host. I mean, he's terrific. He's a great conversationalist. I love his podcast, Skeptic Tank. Um I love that, you know, he's in this Instagram world with Burt Kreischer and Tom Segura. Those guys play off each other terrifically. Um I like I like what Ari stands for. I like that Ari stands for the art of it and everything, and uh, he's not gonna be held down by what a network says you should do or anything, mm-hmm. like what he thinks is right is the way it should be um so, yeah, as a role model, I think uh, he's definitely doing it the right way, as I, like I said, I only seen one of his specials, but mm-hmm. it was great. He's a great storyteller, mm-hmm. he's long form, he's different than a lot of comics mm-hmm.
1: Sarah silverman
2: she's the best like she's really she's just she's been around for twenty years, she's terrific she's seems to have a heart of gold, but she's got this like. mean she's been doing it for 20 years she's got this really dark sense of humor but delivered with just the sweetest tones (laughs) and uh she's great sarah's sarah is that's all she's great Mm -hmm. yeah
1: okay i got so many because they keep coming to my mind chelsea handler
2: i'm not a huge fan of chelsea handler but i've never i've only known her in the hosting capacity Mm -hmm. um i met arden marine Mm -hmm. i worked with her. Um, who was on Chelsea lately a lot, and she said Chelsea was super kind to Mm -hmm. her and everything like that. So really all I have to go off on Chelsea Mm is that third-hand, or I guess it would be second-hand story. I don't know. But Arden says she was great, and Arden was the sweetest woman I've – one of the sweetest women I've met on the road. So I'll take her word. It's gold, cool, as far impossible. as I'm concerned. I
1: like her because she had a series called Chelsea Does Drugs.
2: And, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I think one of them, she took Adderall and 5-Hour Energy. And then I'm I've pretty that. sure. No. That's a good way
2: to feel like you die. <gasps> yeah. My heart. Yeah. My heart.
0: You know, it's dry energy at its worst. Yeah,
2: I used to valet. Uh, and I would, yeah, I would take yeah. like 15 to 16-hour shifts. And I would just pop Adderall. And 5-Hour Energy was new at the time. Mm-hmm. So you were just taking them like they were bottles of water. Ah! <laughs> I remember I was running to grab cars and this really old man, he's like, uh, he's like, Ugh! I'm like, I'm like, ah, Jeez! he's like, you can't be grabbing your heart like that. You can't be grabbing your chest. You're only 23 years old. I was like, all right. So I stepped, cut it back. Excuse me real yeah. quick.
1: Oh, That's no worries. Did you uh, check the camera? Oh,
2: it's good. It's cool. fine.
1: Um, oh, Dan. right.
2: Dan the man. Ugh, I'm stressing. I'm waiting for this phone call. I can't speak to TV credits. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: So talk about your experience in the industry. Where did you begin as a comedian?
2: Um, well, in high school, I was really loud and obnoxious, which uh, is my bread and butter now on stage. And uh, I just always, like, I grew up in a time where Comedy Central was only playing Saturday Night Live and those half hour specials. So I would just watch those all the time. So I always really loved comedy, but I didn't start it until I was 25. I was managing a restaurant, which will remain nameless because I don't like those people. They gave me an ultimatum. They also told me that I had to break up with my wife if I wanted to stay working there. So I can't stand them. And um, they, uh, I, I was, I was managing there, and I was doing a comedy night. And one of the headliners told me – I was like, oh, man, I've always been interested in doing this. And he goes, well, just do it. Like what's the worst that can happen? Either it goes really bad. And then you never have to wonder what if, at least you tried. Or it goes well, and then you kind of get hit by this bug. And fortunately for me, I got uh, I got lucky. It went really well. And uh, here I am seven years later. Brilliant. Yeah, that's how I started.
1: And what are some of the best people you've gotten to work with?
2: Um, I'm very, very fortunate and uh, to work with Rory Scoville. Uh, I've gone out on a couple tours with him. He's just one of the nicest guys out there, though he's trying to – You know, promote this bad boy image. I don't think it's ever going to take off, but uh, he's super kind. And he's just one of those guys that if you ever watch him, he has so much fun on stage. And I'm happy I got to start working with him when I did because it taught me that. That's what comedy is about. Like, go up there and have a good time. Believe in what you're saying, but enjoy yourself. You're going up to make people laugh, get away, escape from the minutia of the day that they just went through. Um, so, I'm very fortunate to work with him. Work with a guy out of Michigan a lot. His name is Dave Landau. Uh, he's been on Last Comic Standing and Gotham, Live at Gotham. Uh, he's going to be on. I think he's been on television a couple of other times this year. I'm not sure. Um, he's terrific. He's very irreverent, very dark. A guy that's just like a straight shooter, hits you uh, uh, straight. Uh, he's been instrumental in getting me where I am. He's been so helpful. I can't thank him enough for that. Um,
0: Someone you had referenced in our first interview together was Joe Roach.
2: Joe Roach?
0: Yeah, is that a person?
2: That's not a person. That's not a person. Um... <laughs> no i mean uh bill bouchard he was a uh, he's like the he's the godfather of comedy Seriously, there's no I one named joe roach there's one. a comic named frank roach but i've only worked with him once
0: all right okay do your prep work people <laughs>
1: do your prep work, prep work. don't look like me
0: Oh my um, God. Yeah. Bill
2: Bouchard's been awesome. I work with uh, – he he was Bill Bouchard when I started. He would always get me stage time. I was starting. It was hard to get time. He would always take care of me. He was great. He was actually uh, the officiant at mine and Emily's wedding. Wow. He came down and did that. We got married in Florida. I worked with Sean Patton. He is awesome. Uh, just one of those guys that have an energy that you want to be around. He just has a, a great time. Uh, I was – Set to work with Artie Lang. Uh, that might still happen this year. Excited about that. Um, those are the ones that, I mean, I did Oddball, so I got to meet, I didn't work with them. It was such a big festival, but I got to meet Chappelle and Hannibal Burris and Flight of the Concords and all those guys. But uh, I don't know them. Like, I don't work with them.
1: So who are some of your um, wish list people?
2: Like- love to work with uh, Tom Segura. He is the way he tells a story, and he just doesn't give a shit, and I love it. I love it. He just owns it, and he, I, he's terrific. Gary Goldman is a beast as far as writing goes. He is just absolutely incredible. Um, I love Jay Larson. I don't know if he has a podcast called The Crab Feast. It's a storytelling podcast. He's terrific, and he just seems like a, a really fun dude. Um Trying to think of, I would like to work with Maria Bamford. She is, in my personal opinion, my favorite female comic. She is not just my favorite female comic, she's one of the best comics out there. She's just so out there. She's so great. Um, who else? I don't know.
1: Quick segue How far are we from no longer being a female comic where you're just a comic?
2: I don't know. I can't answer that question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Does it still feel pretty far out? Um, if you're a female comic, are you forever going to be seen as a female comic, not just a comic?
2: I hope not. Yeah? But, uh, yeah, it's...
0: The same way that you can still be labeled like a, a Chicago Southside comic or just a, a strictly a black comic. Yeah, audience. it's just there's that
2: stigma where everybody's like, oh, and not everybody, but... You know, there were what Adam Carolla came out and said, female comics just aren't as funny as male comics. <laughs> it's just that there's the, the differential. It's just that people use them as an adjective to describe a person. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's uh, necessary, but that is a question, you know, that you had, you had mentioned earlier. Uh, who are some of you? You love female comics. Um, Maria Bamford is easily my favorite. But like I said, she's one of my favorite comics out there. Have you seen her? Mm. Oh, she's got special. She did a special on Netflix where um she's just in her basement and she just performs for her mom and dad.
1: That's <laughs>
2: awesome. She's so funny. She's from Minnesota. She's so funny. She's yeah. out. she got a Netflix show. It's called Lady Dynamite. She's terrific.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ooh, well, we already have that film performing in our basement for our parents. <laughs> <laughs> so, Netflix, so we're supposed to send it call. to Netflix? <laughs> I, feel like,
2: I feel like if I asked my parents to like, hey, come watch me perform in my basement, I feel like, hey, mom, I want to do a show specifically for you. I feel like she just wouldn't show up. I'd uh, just be like, uh oh, I had one ticket and I sold uh, it. But they just didn't come. It's that table right in the middle of the front where it's like, why aren't these people here? It's the only thing you can focus on while the show's yeah. going on.
1: So, so were your parents supportive when you were yeah. like, "I'm going to follow
2: this"? Yeah, uh, my dad passed a few years ago, but he, um, we were like not really on great speaking terms for about a year and a half, and then uh, he found out I was doing comedy, and like he was too proud to ever apologize or anything like that. But his way of extending an olive branch was he came to my first show, unbeknownst to me, and we hadn't seen each other in that long a time. So it was uh, it was a nice effort that he made, and you know my mom's your prototypical like supportive mom she oh you're no she's oh you're gonna be the president or oh you're gonna be a lawyer or oh you can do whatever you want and then i decided that you know go after comedy she's like i always knew that you would be like you were gonna be on saturday night live I was like okay mom sure
1: we think of it sometimes we're like how are if we ever had kid um (laughs) singular how is it going to rebel from us it can't be like Mom, Dad, I'm going to be a media producer. Like,
2: Mom, I'm gonna Dad, be an artist. I'm going to be an artist. You know,
1: um, It's going to be like, Mom, Dad, I'm going into finance, and there's yeah. nothing you can do about it.
2: I want to wear a business suit and just be in a cubicle with no ceiling above me. Yeah, not everybody. I likes- like the confines. <laughs> give me order, give me
0: structure, and give me someone to tell
2: me what to do. Please. That's all I want.
1: Do you think it's true that if... The parents are chill. The kid will be chill.
2: Uh, my wife and I, I think, are pretty chill. And my seven-year-old is just, like, the most uptight <sighs> uh, old person I've ever met. Like, she is so mature. Too mature. Like, my, my oldest makes me believe in the, uh, the thing, the old soul like in, as far as reincarnation like my 7 year old has the spirit of a crotchety 83 year old bitch named Estelle she <laughs> is cranky like she's very sweet she's very very sweet but she is just old she's old she's really old guys like
1: no time for that just stop that nonsense she
2: uh <laughs> she told me one time she was at school uh two stories about when she was at school one time uh, somebody was mean being mean to her and she goes listen i don't have time for this and she just walked away <laughs> And then another time, um, one of her friends, if she was in preschool, I guess you wouldn't really call her a friend, but this girl in her class, their par- her parents had a baby. So the kid wasn't getting as much attention. Yeah. So to act out in school, she punched Carmen. I mean, she punched my kid and, uh, she – my kid just, like, puts her hand on her shoulder, and instead of, like, retaliating, she just goes, is there anything you want to talk about? She was five. <laughs> <laughs> she was five. That's she's just old.
0: awesome. it's <laughs>
2: consoling yeah. her. Yeah, whereas she my youngest phone. is just a hard ass where some somebody's like, I think your shirt's ugly, and he had a broken arm, and she goes, you keep talking to me like that. I'm going to break your other arm. We got a phone call home. <laughs> I was like, she's just – she's no nonsense, and they're best friends. I remember when um, – The oldest got punched by that kid. She came home and she told my youngest. My youngest was just she wasn't in school yet, and she was taking a nap. And my my oldest cousin, I got something to tell you. Somebody hit me at school today. And. The fire that went off in my youngest eyes. She was just asleep. Her eyes open. They went huge. She sat up like Frankenstein's <laughs> monster, and she goes, "Who did this to you?" <laughs> she was like in a rush. She's gonna handle it. <laughs> that's great.
1: That's amazing. Oh yeah, they're
2: they're best friends. They're my fa- They're you know outside of my wife, they are my favorite people. So that's brilliant. Yeah.
0: So you have a you have a, um, a web series that you're doing now. Just started. Place.
2: Yeah. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. That's what it's called. We're not taking a commercial break right now, but uh, <laughs> yeah. it's called We'll Be Right Back. And it's basically um, – it's just me taking a look at the classic commercials you know, of our time or like of today, just ridiculous commercials, and uh, just kind of going and talking head review at them. It's, uh, it's only like three, three to five-minute videos, and I've only done two. I've done Yokiro, Taco Bell. With the Chihuahua, and I've done uh, – just today I released The Clapper, which is great.
0: Oh, uh, that's going to be great. I'm excited. I'm yeah. ex- I mean, I'm, I'm
2: having a lot of fun doing it. The next one is um, the Dodge campaign. Do you remember uh, – that thing got a hemi?
0: Yeah. you remember those? Yeah.
2: Well, I worked with a guy who said that last weekend, so he did, like, this whole little – video for me to put in the thing so I'm excited about some ideas and some avenues I can take it out I'm trying to put them out every Wednesday but uh, it's going to be a great series. Thanks man. You, I'm excited about seen it.
0: it. from now. Um, there's Slinky had a commercial that There's so many and that's there's the so thing many like ones that can be riffed on.
2: It's um it's the it's a cool thing too because my kids they they don't watch TV they watch YouTube now yeah. and the thing is leave it in the comments leave it in the comments so it allows me to say oh if there are any commercials you'd want me to say leave it in the comments and I showed my daughters my first episode and they go oh, you said leave it in the comments It was like yeah yeah. They, think it's like they think YouTube is just famous. I'm like, you don't see the 24 views I have down there? <laughs> I'm not famous, but if it's going to boast my uh, reputation in your mind, by all means. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Please subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> like and
0: subscribe below.
1: So how important are followers in the industry you work in?
2: Um, having not really ever had any, I can't speak to it very much, but I do know that uh, industry is like, no, you, got, you definitely have to get a following. I mean, you go to these clubs – all around the country and on a Wednesday or a Tuesday or a Sunday, whatever, even in the afternoon, these these YouTube stars, these Vine stars are selling the place out and they're just going, they're doing their cash grab. They're not necessarily live performers. So it's kind of more of a QA. and a These people come because they've got the fans and uh, they've got real drawing power. So if you can couple, you know, a following on social media, especially with content where it's, you know, a video or characters or anything like that and then be able to actually perform stand-up in a stand-up club, I I imagine it's huge. I imagine it is uh, a launching pad. But I mean, building that audience seems Incredibly different Broly Yeah (laughs) Savage
1: Oh my gosh Yeah
2: Savage AF Mm Yup That's what the kids are saying Yeah Yeah Yeah. It's (laughs) AF or nothing Yeah
1: We try and bridge that gap Our demographic That consistently comes up On everything we post Is males Ages 25 to 34 Yes And so uh, We I wonder why
2: that is But I found in uh... (laughs) (laughs) Anyway I was going to say, it's funny. that. I, do you remember the time when AF didn't mean as fuck? It meant Abercrombie and Fitch. Do you guys remember oh, those days? Whoa.
1: One person no. in this room worked at Abercrombie and Fitch. Yes yeah.
0: I never knew that AF was Abercrombie and Fitch. I knew that they threw it on all of their merchandise, but AF, like the AF, AF, AF. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that makes sense now.
2: You worked there? Yeah. And you never thought AF is Abercrombie and Fitch. Never. You're, n- <laughs> you're not, you're not, songs? I was going to say, you're not helping the cliche that, like, just <laughs> dolts work in there that can wear the clothes well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's accurate.
2: I
1: love it. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, sometimes when <laughs> means got to do something really stupid, we're just like, oh, we're pretty, but we're not that smart. Oh. We're pretty, but we're clumsy. This first time that we were ever driving to Colorado, we were leaving from Wisconsin to go to Colorado. And we were getting on the interstate. Or we we're on the interstate, and there was like, two already- signs. It was like. East and west. Yeah, and we're like, which one is it? <laughs> and we're no, like, no, I like, like didn't, didn't, choose until the very last minute. We're like, ah, west, and then we go west to right? Colorado. Well, we're oh. oh, you guys we're just going th- to Colorado? From, Colorado, from
0: like, obviously, oh. you're going to go.
1: You're we're gonna like, go wait, east
2: going east, or west? west,
1: east or west.
2: Well, some oh. of those things are weird because like you, you gotta, you gotta go get on, their, to go you gotta go on the freeway, and it's like yeah. I gotta get on twenty three south so I can get. To yeah. ninety six right. West to get to whatever north. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. But like 90, freeways. Yeah.
2: <sighs> <Jeez. laughs> Too hot. <hard.
1: laughs> Too hot. <hard. laughs> give me give me the the other day I was talking about the Metro in Chicago, which is the subway, but no one calls it subway, and I called it the Underground Railroad. Ooh. You can tell I don't ride it very often. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the Underground <laughs> Railroad. I'm
1: like, no, nope. That's something else. Yeah. Anyway. Um <laughs> Yeah, how do you feel about racial tensions in the country right now?
2: I live in. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't. There's there's so there's such little diversity where I live right mm-hmm. now. Um, it's it's as white as the snow mm-hmm. is outside. Um, mm-hmm. but I get to meet a lot of people on the uh, on the road, and it's it's ridiculous. I mean, I'm not personally experiencing it, but mm-hmm. I I don't know what I. I don't know what I could do This this whole social uh, that people call them social justice warriors mm-hmm. I don't want to be that person on Facebook who just says things to say things I want to be like I'm just not educated enough to have a valid opinion and also I've never walked even a quarter of a mile in those shoes mm-hmm. so who am I to act like I've experienced anything I do know that what I see on the news is horrifying um sorry that's that's yeah i mean that's that's i'm just not educated I'm not educated and I know that the news i'm- i've become in the in my thirties very conspiracy theory oriented like your government isn't working for you even a little bit and the media outlets are skewing things just because they're i mean just because they're not calling it propaganda doesn't mean it's not propaganda. I just I have very little trust in anything that's that's going on on the screen. So everything I believe is like stories that people tell me firsthand after shows. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a strange. It seems like it's gotten worse over the past five or six years, right? Sure has. It's definitely accelerated. It's. I mean, it definitely it definitely got worse. What would you
0: say? I think it has to get worse before it gets better to at the risk of coming off on a cliche but i think things have to be stirred up before so you understand where where um where the points of contention
2: really are you know and in times of like peace and prosperity not that there's ever been peace but for lack of a better term in times of peace and prosperity you can't appreciate those times unless you can look back at the terrible tumultuous tragic times like Mm -hmm. You can't understand joy without understanding sorrow. Like having experienced both, I mean, I would I would prefer to get to that peaceful and prosperous time, but uh, who knows who knows when it's going to happen?
0: Yeah,
2: it's kind of like my dad always said. Uh, he's like, "Oh, I'm not going to be alive to see the Lions ever even win a Super Bowl," and I'm like, "Well, I hope I'm alive to see this peace and prosperity." It feels very uh, that felt very NPR.
0: But I think it's a great tra- I think it's a great transition to back to comedy and why it's so important. When things are crazy, comedy is the last plat- platform for honesty mm-hmm. and and uh, honesty that we can laugh at mm-hmm. and laugh with and laugh and and it becomes unifying in a bit. If someone's interested in laughing uh, with you mm-hmm. or come into one of your shows, you've got a tour coming up. Um, Oh, yeah. I'm going to leave on uh,
2: Monday. Our first show is Tuesday. So I'm on tour with Rory Scovel. It's called A Proper Gander Tour. Um, It's it's called A Proper Gander Tour. And we'll be in uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota. We'll be in Chicago. We'll be in Missouri. We'll be in Iowa. And we're gone from January 23rd through February 2nd.
0: I believe the 28th is Chicago,
2: right? 28th. is that? That's a Sunday. I believe yeah. that's a Sunday. I keep wanting to say it's the 29th, but we'll be at Lincoln Hall in Chicago for yeah. two shows. And I think uh, Adam Caton Holland is going to be on that show as well. So that'll be a fun one.
1: We're coming. We're coming. It's going to be a coming. blast. That, I
2: mean, anytime he gets in Chicago, I, I always have a blast there, but he loves Chicago. So he's going to definitely, he's always fun to watch. You never know what he's going to do. It's never all material. He just, he's off the cuff so much. Roy's great. So. Yeah. How much, of, great
1: how much of your set um, is uh, off the cuff?
2: It depends on how long it is, and it depends on kind of what's going on stage. Uh, one of the things that Rory also taught me is, like, to be present on stage and that's not to have a stage presence necessarily but to understand like to know what's going on out in the crowd to see you know hear these things these little mumblings whatever but also be present in your mind because with the material if it's tried and true and it's not necessarily new you can be two to three steps ahead while you're saying things so if your head's ahead and then it just takes you down a dirt road so see what happens there. It, it, for me, it doesn't usually work out very often. But I'm comparing myself to Rory, who is easily the best at it. Um, yeah, it's just all about having fun. So anytime something strikes, and it's easier with Rory because he just wants you to have fun. So,
0: I saw the two of you perform at Up Comedy Club last yeah. year. a phenomenal show. Yeah, Great it was a lot of fun
2: because uh, Alex Cummin too was the uh, she was the host. She's a she was she did best of the Midwest with me, and she's a she's a destroyer.
0: Cumin's very good. Yeah,
2: a lot of people said that she should have won the Best of the Midwest, but everybody says that somebody should have won Best of the Midwest. That isn't the person that won it, so it's all just a matter of opinion. Yeah. Who won it? A guy named Mike Paramore. Mike Paramore sucks. <laughs> Do you guys know Alex? Uh,
0: Alex Cuman and Maddie Ryan
2: love Maddie. Uh, who
1: we, yeah. heard, we heard him get a shout-out on Pandora yeah. the other day. We had it on an uh, Ari Shavir and Amy Schumer station. Oh, yeah? And some comment came up, and they're like, thanks so much, oh, Maddie Ryan. Oh, that's –
2: uh, it was probably uh, Andrew Santino. Andrew Santino. Um, it was a lady. Was oh, was it? Female comic. Yeah. I know um, Santino did his special in Chicago, and uh, Maddie opened for him. Wow. Yeah. So, cool.
0: that's exci- I mean, it was just exciting interview. to see Maddie's to one of share. the nicest
2: guys, too. I mean, there are some really cool people in Chicago that I've gotten to know over the years, and – Maddie and Alex are two of my favorites
0: they're and they're great they work great together it seems like a good good matchup
2: yeah they used to have a show uh, at Bar DeVille called Parlor Car mm-hmm. which was great but then they just stopped doing the show which was a real bummer because that show was hot it was great
0: yeah it's a good space yeah. yeah
2: so what's next for you guys how long are you in town
0: uh th- a day the day we're okay. at uh, Motor City Casino tonight and then for business or to,
2: just do a little A uh, little gambling Part of the perks Yeah Someone's Part of the perks of being...
1: uncle Is the Chief business officer Yeah Wh- <laughs> 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 We got a got a plug, <laughs> <laughs> <We gotta> plug. <laughs> Coincidentally enough That's the same <laughs>
2: uncle That got me the job At Abercrombie and Fish yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man No
1: but, it was those Studying good looks And, uh,
2: and
1: Quick um, wit
0: But we are Yeah so we're We've got some stuff um producing here and then we are off tomorrow morning back to chicago Nice that you guys are staying nice in
2: Chicago city. for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. That's. Not the to Arizona. Are you done with Arizona now? or <sighs> We're going
0: back I to wish. Arizona next yeah. week, yeah. potentially. You guys, are you so driving? Hell no. Not. No. Uh, <laughs> uh-uh. Well, flights are 100, or 80 bucks right now to Arizona. Round oh, trip. yeah? To Round
1: Phoenix. Trip. Why not? Frontier. Ah! No, it's America. actually American. not Spirit. American. Yeah. It's Dude, American. Dude, I think Frontier Airlines.
2: is worse. Oh, I've had. I've only been on Frontier once or twice, but I had good experiences. Yeah. Spirit's just rough, man. Yeah, they're both pretty. Because uh, Frontier will at least let like, you recline your seat a little bit, right? Yeah. Barely. Spirit doesn't even allow that. They have no mechanism Barely. for it.
0: <laughs> Yikes. Well, yeah, this one's bad. American Airlines, thankfully. America, uh, I like too. Southwest.
2: Yeah. And they're a little, I don't, I don't know. but the, of the Choose your seat. Yeah. Bring a bag or two. Yeah. Well, I, all good. Oh, I was flying to, uh, from New York last Friday, and uh, I got randomly assigned this middle seat, and uh, I was the smallest guy in the row. It was the worst. A and I'm just a little tight. So I got up and I went like acted like I was going to the bathroom. I was like, hey, listen, ma'am, I have uh, claustrophobia. Can I just have one of these back rows, please? And they're like, Oh, of course. I was like, Thank God. So I got to have a whole row to myself. It was in the back of the plane, but it was oh, better than in between awesome. two yeah. monsters. Yeah. So Yeah, it was good. Works. Line. Wow. Yeah. It works. Line. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> that's good.
1: Ooh. I have so many um what is it tips, called cuts. when you tell all your, all your secrets? Confessions. Oh, yeah? I just feel like some some of these podcasts, I'm just like, and then I told them that the roof collapsed and I had to leave the work. No, but that's how I get out of, of jobs. Is, yeah. Um, I'll just be like, oh, my God, the pipes burst in my house. I got to go home. And then so I like. Oh, like, I've go, done go, that. Go, go make sure it's okay.
2: Kids are great for that. And then oh, you bet. get
1: home and then. You're calling you're like you know what? Everything's just ruined. I I got.
2: Oh, you. I, yeah.
1: I, I can't ever come back. Like my life is in shambles. Like I don't know what I'm gonna do. I hope you guys can find someone to be the receptionist.
2: I did the, but the pipe didn't burst. No. You just didn't no. want to quit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really bad. I do that all the time. With I'm like, oh no, I gotta go. Uh, I gotta go pick up my kid from cheerleading. They're like, it's the middle of winter. I was like, it's indoor cheer. Uh, <laughs> i like, just uh,
1: <laughs> they're training for yeah. the
2: season. It's a uh, it's a workshop. She's yeah. she's real into it. <laughs> <laughs> she's leading it. I'm so. gonna be like, no, she, she has, has to wait outside. Know, I know. I feel like people would appreciate. Like I just you can't. Honesty is great, Mm -hmm. but you can't just say, I don't, I don't want to come. I don't want to, I don't want to go. I'm sorry. I should have said no in the first place. Yeah.
1: (laughs) 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 Whoa. I might need to use that in the future. (laughs) I should have said no in the first place. And that's on me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, well, if you wanted, if you want to do another episode when you're in town, on in the in Chicago, I don't know what your schedule oh, is yeah, like, I'll let you know. I don't know.
2: Um, I know we are there Sunday night and then we are off Monday and Tuesday, but I don't know what Rory has got. I know we're going to, do you guys ever hear the restaurant Grace in Chicago? Mm-mm. It's like a James Beard award winning restaurant. Really? Right. Oh, that's
1: the one that just had the equal breakout. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 well, the chefs just
2: left and, uh. Uh, apparently wow. Rory's set up a, a meal with them so awesome. fancy food Rory's a foodie so That's I awesome. will take advantage of that
1: cool. well if you For have sure. time we can go to a Cubs game we can go to the museum we can go see Lake Michigan I was going to <laughs> say the
2: Cubs are playing right now <laughs> what are you going to go pick up your daughter from uh, cheerleading too <laughs> <Like> just uh, <laughs> Uh, if you guys are out and about tonight, though, for um, you should check out. There some good spots um, for food. Okay. Um, there's a place called the Green Dot Stables, mm-hmm. which has – it's, like, off the beaten path in Detroit, but it's not far from the casino. And they have just an array of sliders. It's so good. Um, and then if you're into, like, like, you want a bigger burger or um, a milkshake, there's a place called Mercury Burger Bar, mm-hmm. which has killer milkshakes mm-hmm. and awesome. There's a barbecue place – In Detroit, right by a Mercury Burger Bar called Slows. It's got a it's like the local this is insane barbecue type place. And then um
0: you got a best kept secret for us? Best
2: kept secret, I would say, is the Green Dot Stables. Uh but also there's the Americas or Lafayette Coney Island, which is I mean, they're just they're just Coney dogs, but
1: Mm -hmm. How was your juice fast? Awful. Juice cleanse. It was the worst. It was like?
2: I felt better. The the worst part about it was knowing I couldn't have food. Uh, It tasted. It's so bad. They they shouldn't be able to get away with calling it juice. You (laughs) think juice and you're like, oh, some sugar with orange, pineapple, banana or whatever. This is like ginger root. I think shit I've never heard of. And it was so bad.
1: I love that stuff. I'm not oh. kidding. That's like my dream right there. I've rejected simple sugars for my life, except for these protein cookies that I'm obsessed with. Right. But um, no, for real. Oh, that sounds amazing.
2: It was just it was just bitter, and I would just I would slam them. I remember I was because I was filming all of them, and I slammed the last one on uh, stage. The beet one wasn't bad. I love beets. The the worst one was the the yellow one. It was they were so bright. They were like uh like a tropical fish that was just like lure you in. Because they're so beautiful. And then the I felt uterians. like they were poison. Yeah. I felt like, oh, this is how I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. But I mean. And you felt great. I felt, I felt, I mean, outside, I mean, <laughs> I felt things. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it was, uh, it's just, yeah, I didn't care for the taste, but whatever.
1: Another guest we had on the podcast, uh, Zach Harper of Loki, is doing a juice cleanse right now. So yeah.
2: I just How long is he doing it. it? Do you know? I have no idea. We did it for the, like, I think we did it for three days. Uh-huh. And it's crazy how expensive those juices are. Mm-hmm. They're like eight bucks a juice. Wow.
1: Did you did you eat anything on no, those days? No. No. Was that tough? It was
2: just tough because I knew I couldn't. But like, the juice, it gave me whatever nutrients I needed. I was very excited to eat thereafter. But it was just, uh, it was just knowing I couldn't eat. Mm-hmm. Knowing I had to take these three days. That was the hardest part. Were you hungry? Not really. What? It was. I think I was hungry more so in a psychosomatic sense. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I don't think my body was calling for food. <laughs> That's awesome. So that was interesting. It was just, yeah, garbage taste. And it was bad, too, because, like, you knew those were the only four things you could have throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you like them, you might love it. But I was looking at these four things. I'm like, this is what I'm looking forward to. These awful tasting things, but at least it's not water. Yeah. It was a rough three days, guys. Sweating dirty. No way to live.
1: Well, thank you so much for joining Thank us. you guys so much for having me. This yeah, was yeah. Uh, this was was
2: was fun. I wish you of safe course. travels. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Yeah. I'll see you in Chicago. Yeah,
2: thank that'll you. be fun. Do you guys come to the early show or the late show?
0: German. which would you yeah which would you recommend
2: i don't know whichever whichever one is more convenient for you as long as they're not sold out cool. yeah, yeah so we'll, will. we'll
0: make uh we'll
2: probably come to the early show cool i think that's at like seven thirty or so Brilliant. so it'll be good we'll be there it'll be fun thanks guys great to see so you
0: guys great. there thanks again uh,
2: perfect